clap our hands to the Lord and let's give him a little praise right now. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. I'll tell you what I need you to do. I need you to bump your neighbor and say, come on, I need you to act like you're in church tonight. Let's quit sleepwalking through what God's been speaking all through this service. You know, it's amazing, but from the very first song, God has been speaking a very clear message to our church. He's looking for a willing vessel. He's looking for somebody who will say, yes, Lord. Is there anybody in the house that can say, yes, Lord? Oh, come on. Let's say it right now. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Hallelujah. We began service with that beautiful song that I love. It is inspiring. We're going to see revival. I like it because it speaks a positive message and it speaks my heart. I don't know about you, but we are going to see revival. Amen. I said we are going to see revival. Hallelujah. Amen. Tonight I want to direct your attention to the book of Matthew. Amen. What a great presence of the Lord has been in this place today. And I am grateful for that. Amen. God has been good to us. He has blessed us far more than we deserve. And I am grateful for all of the blessings of the Lord. And I am thankful for where God is taking us. And I pray that you are ready for that journey. Amen. And I I do believe God is taking us somewhere special. Amen. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 13 and verse number 14. I am reading from the message paraphrase of the New Testament. You can read it. It will be on the screen. Read it with me, will you? Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff even though the crowds of people do it. The way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. Don't look for the shortcuts to life. Quit looking for the easy way out because there is no easy road. Amen. There is no easy road to get where we need to go. Are you with me tonight? I don't want to waste a good message. Come on now. I'm not, I don't need your response, but I need you to be involved tonight. 
There is no easy road to where God is going to take us. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In 1840, while continuing his medical studies in London, England, a young man by the name of David Livingstone met a missionary by the name of Robert Moffat who was on leave from South Africa, a missionary outpost that he had begun in that remote continent. As Dr. Livingston, as he would become known, listened to Robert Moffat's vision of Africa, he was excited and stirred by the vision that Robert Moffat cast of expanding the missionary work northward into the very heart of Africa. Livingston was so deeply influenced by Moffat's judgment that he was the right person, he was the right man to go to that vast field that is now called Botswana and there he would glimpse the smoke of thousand villages where no missionary had ever been before. And so David Livingstone answered the call and he went to the deepest, darkest part of Africa alone as a missionary. After some time, the missions committee that had sent him there wrote to say to him, there are some people who would like to join you and they want to know what's the easiest road to get where you are. Robert Livingstone wrote back and he replied, if you are looking for the easiest road, then stay in England. I don't need you here. I want people who will come even if there is no road and there is no way, but they are willing to make a way. Church, I've come to tell you tonight that there is no easy road to where God is wanting to take us. There is no easy road to revival. There is no easy road to growth. There is no easy road to advancement in the kingdom of God. It is fraught with dangers and challenges and obstacles and devils and demons and spiritual warfare. But if there's anybody in this building that's got enough guts to join me, I think I'm ready to take it on. I said, I think I'm ready to stand up and say, here I am, Lord, use me. Here I am, God, send me. Hallelujah. If you're going to win the prize, you're going to have to do it with everything you have. It's going to take all of you. It's going to take labor and effort. Nothing worthwhile in life has ever come without a price. Everything worthwhile for your life is going to cost you something. If you want a great marriage, then it's going to cost you some work because good marriages involve hard work. 
They don't tell you that at the wedding ceremony. It's all sugar and bliss and roses and smiles and all those giggly feelings. But then you have to go home and learn how to live with what you married. So stop griping about it and stop complaining and get on your knees and say, God, help me to know how to make this work. Hallelujah. If you want great things in God, you're going to have to battle to get them. They're not going to come to you on a bed of ease. If you want miracles in your life, I have news for you. Then you're going to have to deal with some impossibilities in your life before you're ever going to see miracles in your life. Amen. But problems are only opportunities with work clothes on. And some of us have failed to realize that. And I've come to tell you tonight that God is looking for some people who are not looking for the easy road and they're not looking for the way that we can get it without any effort. God is looking for some people that said, you know what, I don't care if it costs a little more prayer. I don't care if it costs me a little more sacrifice. I don't care if it costs me a little more effort. I don't care if it costs me a little more worship. I want to see revival. And I'm going to see revival. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. Hallelujah. God's looking for people that are not trying to get by the easiest way they can. Men and women that don't mind the struggle. They're sold out. No matter the cost, they're willing to go. They're willing to be used. You know, I I don't say this in a bragging way, and please don't misunderstand me. As a matter of fact, I asked the Lord before I ever got up here, if it come out any way other than what I mean from my heart, God shut me up. But there's a lot of people that look at where we are right now and they want what we have. They want your job. They want your Sunday school class. They want your place on the platform. They want this pulpit. But they don't know what it took to get here. They don't remember that it started out in West Texas at a little place that only had two people in the church. And you had to be willing to go preach for two before you could preach to 200. You had to be willing to humble yourself before God could exalt you. Though they're not interested in that side of the journey. They like to lick the lollipop and think that that's the way life is. But the truth is, none of us have gotten where we are tonight without a battle and without a struggle in our life. And if we're going to get to where God is trying to take us, it's going to take some people that have some guts and backbone. It's going to take some people that have some determination. They don't care about getting a little radical. They don't mind getting a little out of their place. I made a promise to the Lord before I came out here tonight. One thing I'm going to do between now and the end of the year, I'm going to get in shape. Because by the time we have anniversary service and dedication here in January, I plan on making a couple of laps around this building without having a heart attack. Amen. Some of you need to make up your mind. Get away from that 
that easy minded stuff that, well, you know, it just comes to me. Nothing comes to you. You have to take it. The Bible said that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent, the determined, the hungry, the thirsty are the ones that take it and they take it by force. Amen. If you want to see God do great things in your life, then you're going to have to be willing to yield him your hands and your feet and be sold out no matter what the challenges may be. A lot of people want to be where you are right now, but they don't remember that what got you here was living 17 years out of a suitcase, not having a house of our own. My wife was given wedding presents for her kitchen that she was never able to use until 17 years after we were married, we were able to move into our first home. I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying that there's a cost that's gonna be involved in anything you do for God. And if you're not willing to pay the price then go home God's not looking for quitters he's looking for somebody that says God use me whatever that cost may be people want to be used of God they just don't want to have to go through the process of what it takes to be used of God for years railroad authorities dreamed of a rail crossing the Andes Mountains in South America. Engineers from around the world were called together to somehow appraise the project and find out if it was possible. And all of them together considered it an impossible task. But then a Polish engineer by the name of Ernest Malinowski was called His reputation was well known, but he had one strike against him. He was 60 years old. And they did not want to put on a 60-year-old man a job of that magnitude and a project of that weight. But Mr. Malinowski said, Hey, don't worry about my age because age is just a number. Hallelujah. I said age is just a number. You don't need to let that number get too messed up in your head because if you do, you will allow that number to eliminate you when God is about to elevate you. Hallelujah. And so he came. He was assuring them that however it needed to be done, it would be done. And after assuring all the representatives of the various countries involved, the job was given to him and he assured them that it would be done. And so construction began, but immediately it was met with many obstacles, geographical issues. In that part of the world are some of the tallest and most rugged mountain ranges in the world. And yet he was able to find a way through. Not only that, but there was political strife on almost every country. 
The project required 62 tunnels and 30 bridges. One tunnel was 4,000 feet in length at 15,000 feet above sea level. On two occasions, revolutions caused him to have to shut down the work for a while. And then at one point, he had to be flown to Peru so that he could continue the work because of the upheaval and the turmoil in the vicinity of where they were building. And yet still he built on, determined that this aging pole was going to move forward in building what he had started to build. And when it was completed in 1880, it was considered one of the wonders of the world. Oh, listen to me tonight. What problems are you using tonight as an excuse for you not being involved in the work of God right now? I'm too busy. I'm too old, I'm too sick, I'm too that, I'm too this. I'm tired of hearing what I am not. What I want to know is, are there any mountain climbers in the building tonight? Are there any people that are willing to put their boots on and say, come on, pastor, let's fill this building up. Let's make it where we have to go to multiple services. Let's see God do what he's promised to do. Hallelujah. All you need to do is change your perspective. Malinowski reminds me of another elder by the name of Caleb. Caleb had the privilege of being chosen as one of the spies to go into the land of Canaan as Israel stood on the border at Kadesh Barnea. He came back inspired by what he saw. He came back so thrilled. He he could not contain himself. But there were others in the pack that didn't come back with the same view of things and they had a different idea than what he had. He came back with a great report. He said, we're well able. We can do this. It's ours to take. Something had saw. He had seen there in that place had captured his attention And it had garnered his heart. And he said, we can do this. But the other voices rose up. And the ten said, no, we're not able to do it. There's giants in the land. And we are as grasshoppers. And the Bible said that they influenced Israel to turn away and turn backward and go back into the wilderness. But God made a promise through Moses to this man. Whatever caught your eye, the the ground that you walked on when you were in that promised land. There's going to come a day when I'm going to give that to you. It's going to come a day when that's going to be yours. But he was going to have to live through some stuff before he was going to see that promise come to pass. And he had to live through a lot of negativity. He had to live through 40 years of of wandering with people that didn't have the heart to go in until a generation had died away and a new generation had risen up and now they come back to the land and it becomes theirs. And after they had gone through the land and they had possessed so much of it, 
Caleb came to Moses and you can find it in Joshua chapter 14. I'm going to begin reading at verse number 6. And the Bible said, Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day. He swore on that day. What day? That day when he was 40 years young. And he come back from the promised land with fire and vigor in his soul and said, let's go do it. God said, hey, you may not have it now, but you're going to have it in time. And now here he is. He's 80 years old, 85 years old as a matter of fact. And now he stands before Joshua and he said, Moses, swear on that day, saying, surely the land wherein thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. I want to tell some of you, some of you that think you're too old, the reason God still got you here is for a purpose. Quit dying too soon. Quit giving up too quickly. I'm saying to you tonight, get up. I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm about to come climbing back those pews and pull some of you up. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive as he said these 40 and five years even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. I am 85 years old. I'm not looking for house slippers. I'm looking for battle shoes. I'm not looking for my easy chair. I'm looking for a battle shield. I'm not looking to go down. I'm ready to go up because I've got a mountain in my heart. I've got a mountain in my spirit and I'm not going to be satisfied until it is mine. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him some praise. He said, as yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me as my strength was then. Even so is my strength now. I want to know, just, just take a moment and let me dissect that. I want you to notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, I am the man I once was. I'm here to tell you I am not the man that I once was. I'm a little more flabby and a lot more chunky. 
and a lot less hair and a lot more gray. But I'm going to tell you what 64 years have not taken away from me. The strength in my heart to want to do something for God. And if I'm 65 or I'm 75 or I'm 85, numbers are just numbers. You need to make up in your mind that you're still as strong in your spirit as you were in that day. And there's nothing that can stop you from doing the will of God if you will get up and just do it. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Hallelujah. Sometimes the pathway of life appears to change from the road that is easily seen to a trackless vanishing waste but if it's in your heart you can keep going hallelujah God didn't call you and I to quit God didn't call you and I to give up and if you think just moving into a new building is going to cause revival to happen I've got news for you it's not going to do any more than me moving into a barn thinking I'm going to become a mule I don't know if you're ready for this. God didn't call me to give up. He didn't call me to cave in. He called me to stand. You want to talk about challenges? I get so tired of hearing people whine. I hate to use that terminology because I'm sure I'm going to offend somebody tonight. But I get tired of hearing whiners. Always achy, breaky heart stuff, you know. Man, I want to tell you about challenges. She's a pastor's wife of a growing church, a very thriving work. Not only that, but she has four children, I believe, at least three. And add to that, she has leukemia. Leukemia. She's been through every kind of transfusion. She just had a bone marrow transplant. She has been more days in the hospital over the last few months and years than she's been at home. Isolated from her own family for months at a time. Her name is Ginger Gilbert. Her and her husband pastor in Denison, Texas. But there's one thing that you'll never hear come out of the, the mouth of that young woman, and that is a negative thought or a negative word. If any of you have followed her on her Facebook post, you will hear a young woman that is vibrant even though her body has been tortured, her body has been racked, her body has been punctured, and she has been through every kind of inconceivable thing and then having to raise four children and help pastor a church and do the work of God. But you don't hear her sitting around whining. She's got the most positive post. She's got the most vibrant outlook. She's got the most upbeat spirit that you will ever find anywhere 
nowhere. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when she first came down with leukemia, this is what the doctor told her. That the healing process in your body is affected by many factors in your life. It's not just what I'm going to do to you with medicine and treatments and all kinds of transfusions that are going to have to go on in your body. But he said even more than that, what is going to affect your healing process is what surrounds your life. And he said, I'm going to tell you right now, day one, he said, get rid of every negative voice in your life. Get rid of every negative spirit that's around you. Cut them off. They're not your friend. Don't stay around that kind of garbage. And this is what he said. Because those negative influences will affect your healing process. You know why some of us can't get over stuff that's happened to us? Because we have allowed so many negative people to come around us and support us and prop us up. Oh, you have been done so wrong. That was so bad what they did to you. And you think they're making you feel better. You know what they're doing? They're interrupting your healing process. If you would get rid of that negative garbage in your life, if you would cut a few people off on Facebook and say, hey, I don't have time for that today. I need to hear somebody say, I can. I need to hear somebody say, let's climb that mountain. I need to hear somebody say, let's go up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need to cut off anyone who speaks negative in your life. You say, Brother Hughes, that's kind of cruel. No, that's healthy. I know some people right now, I've pastored some of them. I better be careful. Let me just say this. I have pastored people in my life for 20 some odd years that are still struggling with the same issues today that they came to me with 20 some odd years ago. And it don't matter how many God services you have. It doesn't matter how much anointing there is in this place. It doesn't matter how much the power of God falls in this house. It doesn't matter how many moves of God you experience. When you connect yourself to that negative drain, it will take away every good thing that goes on in this service. It will take away every good thing that goes on in this church. You can come out of a high service and somebody that's got a lousy spirit say, yeah, but you just don't know what they did to me. You know what? I don't need to know what they did to you because they did that to you. I'm not going to take on your burdens, but I'm not going to let you sap my joy and I'm certainly not going to let you stop my healing because I'm going up. I've got a mountain to climb. I've got a revival that I want to see happen. And I know it's not going to happen through some easy road that I have to travel. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. You got to climb the rough side of the mountain sometimes. Sometimes you have to be willing to just grit your teeth and go on and act like you're well even when you're not well. Oh man, I, I dropped a dirty diaper in a picnic right there. Yeah, that went over like a lead balloon. Yeah. If I'm offending you, please forgive me. But I want to tell you what needs to really happen. You need to get over being offended and pray through and say, you know what, God? I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of being lame. I'm tired of walking around with all these excuses in my life. I'm tired of naming all these problems and say, well, I would be this if it wasn't for that. And I'd be there if it wasn't for this. And I'd go this way. If I, I'd be that if it wasn't for this. I'm just here to tell you all of those problems that you're looking at are really opportunities. And if you start looking at them like that, God will take your adversity and turn it into your greatest opportunity. He'll turn it into a mountain climbing experience. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reason that healing is held up in many people's lives is because of the negative influences that you have still hanging on. This is interesting to me. It took 40 years to get rid of some negative influences, but he lived long enough to get rid of all of them. Here's what I believe. I believe as long as there was one negative voice still alive, Caleb would have had some, he would have had some doubt about whether he was really able. But when God said, hey, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to fight your battles for you. You just keep walking with me. You just keep hanging on. Just keep showing up. Can you imagine what it's like showing up 40 years 40 years. Hallelujah. How, how's things going, Brother Caleb? Oh, great. Good. God's good. Uh, hallelujah. How, how can you say that? Well, just God is good. 40 years. He just had to show up. He kept showing up, though. I've said it before. I say it again. Sometimes there's victory in just showing up. I, I've defeated the devil many times by just coming back through those doors. Yeah, coming back out of my office and saying, oh, it may, I may have dropped a bomb this morning, but I'm coming back tonight. We're going to give it another shot. I'm not giving up now. I'm not stopping in the journey. I'm not ready to quit. I'm not ready to turn in the towel. What I want to know tonight is are there any mountain climbers in this building tonight. Are there any earnest Malinowskis that are willing to take on the most impossible challenge even at an age when many people are looking at retirement? 
I'm not looking for retirement. I'm looking for a refirement. Hallelujah. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I may have to be reprogrammed a little bit. But I'm just telling you right now, if you think I'm going to roll over on the side of the road and say, well, it's, it's done, you got another thing coming. I'll climb back in that pew where you are. You've seen me do it before. I'm not here to be obnoxious. I'm not here to be a, a show-off. I'm just here to tell you that God has made some promises to this church and what God has promised to this church, there is no easy road to get there. There is no easy path to get there. And if you're looking for an easy path, you might as well go on home. But if you're looking to climb a mountain with me, I wonder if you would just step out with me right now. Hallelujah. Would you say it? Use me, Lord. Yeah, use me, Lord. Yes, Use me, Lord. Let my hands, let my feet become yours. Let my voice, even in this age and stage in my life. While I battle disease, I'm going to battle it. 